Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast, RPG Sites Weekly Podcast. My name is Zach Reese. I am your host, as always. And joining us are my three usual suspects. First three amigos. Off, three amigos. <laughs> yeah, we can give you all kinds of adjectives. First off, we've got the voice that you heard just now as Adam Vitali. Hi. It's me Hello. again. Welcome back, of course, as always. And then we've also got Brian Vitali. Hi. Hello. And then hey, finally... Hello, you two. And finally, we've got Josh Torres. I have two working ears again, but one is still in mid-recovery. I liked how you talked about you wanted to make an article about the different senses. Like, you really yeah. have expert knowledge. Just because you have a reading ear, all of a sudden you're an expert on the five senses. Yes, that's how it works. Once you've uh, suffered uh, some damage to your senses, you are now qualified to make reviews about the five senses. All right. <laughs> Nose overrated. Eyes needed to be working. Ears, ears. The good, good to have when they're not in stinging pain. Good, to, good to uh, have for balance and equilibrium. Of course, taste probably good for lasagna and steak oh and pineapple God. on pizza and Why? touch. <laughs> you really should not be talking uh, about this right before dinner. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> lasagna sounds. I haven't had lasagna in years. So. I've been, I've been getting lasagna from Trader Joe's, and those are freaking amazing. Trader Joe's. Oh my, I. For some reason, like, okay, in Iowa, like, uh, Trader Joe's has only been in Iowa for maybe, like, a couple years. Here in mm-hmm. California, it seems like there's some sort of, like, it's like a holy site. <laughs> like, it kind of is. A lot of people, like, like, are extremely in love with Trader Joe's and everything about it because, like, someone from work always brings, like, this dip that she made from Trader Joe's and mm-hmm. everyone, like, swears to it. It's an incredible thing. Yeah, to see Tr- that. Trader Joe's is a, is a weird thing because, like, it's all affordable and yet it tastes delicious. Trader Joe's is not affordable. <laughs> I don't it know. It is Maybe affordable. It does not feel like an affordable place to be. It sounds like it's like it's like an upper scale, like because we just got like a Whole Foods in Iowa as well, and both Whole Foods and Trader Joe's seems to be like that same level of like it costs more money than going to like see a Target. The Target has shit, so don't go there. Target is fucking great. I love Target. I, love I got Target. fired from a Target once. <laughs> awesome job. story. Oh, all right. How do you get fired from a retailer? <laughs> I- Mm-hmm. Did you just not? How did I get well? fired? Did you just yeah. not work well? So I was putting away like GPS units, which have to be uh, locked up, oh. and like in the, this is in the middle of winter, and then I started to get a nosebleed just because of the dry air, oh, and you sure. know, just I went up, I I basically left the case unlocked where the uh, GPSs go in a oh. not a panic, but like okay, I need to get to the nearest station to get uh, some paper towels or something, and it took like all of like maybe five minutes, and then because I basically left valuable merchandise unattended and unlocked fired. wow so that seems super severe <laughs> this is why we keep kleenex like at the at every computer station that we log in on because like i used to work at best buy and you could get away with pretty much anything <laughs> I, well actually after uh after my, i worked at target which was like my high school job so what 10 more than 10 years ago now so um, ever since I, that do you I, just like strap kleenex well, around that, you, like I actually the job at best buy which is Quite a oh. Bit more <laughs> oh yeah like i have i have some good stories about because i worked at yeah best buy is my first retail job because before then i worked at a at a bad grocery store and so i worked at best buy the first day i worked at best buy they had me stand in the front and try to sell copies of madden the latest edition of madden. oh yeah i knew absolutely nothing about madden at all like the like i got really into like you know nfl blitz and like those arcade football games but like madden i had absolutely nothing no knowledge about it and so this was just me up front 
turning the box around and looking at it, reading the back of it, and just like, yeah, it's got that quarterback sight mode. Isn't that pretty cool? Hell yeah. And the truck <laughs> stick. It's like, I literally like knew nothing about that whole series. And this was actually like, um, this was like a few months before the Xbox 360 came out. And so we were also having to stock up all the shelves with like a billion copies of King Kong <laughs> and Madden. Oh God, that's right. Trying to sell like oh, all shit. these, yeah, it's like all these copies that we had to put up. And like I actually went straight from where I was working, and it was like maybe around eleven o'clock at night. I went straight to like a totally different GameStop on the other side of town to pick up my reserved Xbox 360. And I think the biggest, the craziest moment I had that entire time was that uh one day i forget what day it was maybe been like a sunday or something like that um i was just walking along and then i i I noticed that this game boy advance box was sticking out because this is still at a time when they were still selling game boy advance uh games um those are good times i saw a box sticking out and it clearly looked like it was empty i i pulled it out and the top of it was slashed open with like a box cutter (laughs) and then uh so i grabbed that i looked over uh, like maybe five degrees there was another box and i, I picked it up also empty because hmm. you know about those boxes is that it's the it's like it's got like a little holder that it, it, the game itself like if you open up the top of the box it's just kind of hold it's it's kind of held yeah, there yeah, yeah. The most of the box is hollow except a little like slot for where the game goes exactly and then it's like right near the top so uh yeah. grabs another one looked over another one Another one, another one, another one, another one. There was maybe like ten games that were stolen. Someone was very happy that day. Someone really got through and, and were able to grab a bunch of copies. That was like the crazy ex- experience I had. But really, the the great thing about working at Best Buy was one is that um, at least besides at getting the, jacked, at least at the time it was really just the employee discount because I think it was like what was it five percent above what the company pays, and so you get like a really like. Yeah, you can get basically anything cables like cables and, and yeah. like accessory stuff, which is usually marked up a ton. A for ton. Yeah. A lot. You would be surprised. Like, I was getting cables for like a dollar <laughs> as opposed like, But, but then they changed it where it, it had to be at least 50% of the price. And it's like, no. Yeah. No. I, I don't. I know they changed it like where. Like you, no family members could use it, and then they changed it back because everyone got upset about that. And then they just, yeah, they they kept changing it. And there was also like uh, the stuff that they were getting rid of. They would put in the back uh, in a like a cart that you could like bid on, so you could get like a GameCube for like five bucks if you wanted. Uh, so and and you know you get all the leftover like extras from pre-ordering stuff like T-shirts and movie tickets and all these kinds of things. I, I remember getting like a. A copy of Final Fantasy One and Two Donna Souls for the Game Boy Advance for like a dollar because they were getting rid of it, like the whole like their their whole collection, and so that was pretty much the only good thing about working at a retail store is the is the employee discount. Otherwise, it's I'm glad like, I never ever worked retail at a retail store. Shitty, yeah, it's it's yeah. really grueling. I don't think I could stand it. Did you ever work food service, Josh? I worked food service actually. I worked at a BJ's uh, brewery and restaurant and brewery before yeah, my so current job. So yeah, if you worked uh, if you worked retail oh. or food service, you've done your time. I've worked as a dishwasher at a bar, and that's like I I've worked there for almost five years. Fuck! Holy shit! I yeah. cannot put up with that. I I mean, when I was working as a dishwasher, it's right next to like this high school student. When I was in college, I was like, I was working like near minimum wage. I was like, uh. 
I was only there for like a month because I was like, I, why am I even working here? This is a shitty place. I yeah, I was, I was especially between part and full time throughout those years because I just needed a job like throughout college. Yeah, that's about it. That's yeah. about it. That's all you got to find. Uh, otherwise, for me, I was working at like the the nearest uh, Unidome, UNI, Northern Iowa uh, Athletics, the, uh, the, mm-hmm. gym, the, the dome that they had all their football games and basketball games and things like that. And that was... Got a lot of free food out of that. A lot of things where it's like the guy was like, I right, bought way too much Papa John's pizza. Why don't you come over here and we'll finish it off? I'm like, oh, this is great. Or like yes. a huge bag of popcorn. Or if I wanted to like grab any hot dogs or uh, polo sausages or pretzels or anything like that, that they were just sitting there, I could just grab all I wanted and just mark it off. So I, I always Stock went home up. with like five or ten hot dogs <laughs> it was a it was a pretty good gig for i can only imagine like people <laughs> people who like saw you like walking around with that it's like holy shit that oh, guy like, is a bag of popcorn oh, like it was yeah. like a it was like a little like a like giant garbage bag style like a popcorn and i would take that good. to like a, a club or back to the house with a bunch of other people and just eat a bunch of popcorn it was, <laughs> that was like the that was the only thing like that was your commission or whatever after being paid like nine dollars an hour so those Take what you can get. Those are the good times. And now I kind of just do that with my own work, as it were, because they give away food and drinks. So I mm. still continue to do that to this day. Got to take advantage of stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I love that. I won't argue with free food. No, absolutely not. And also the good thing about working in retail, by the way, is that Microsoft has got like this expert zone thing. I don't know if you ever took advantage of that. Yeah, now. I did that. Yeah, like you get like games. like uh, You can pick up brand new games for like five bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, after doing some I've, training and they still have that I've to this day you can still this, do yeah. that yeah it's Fuck. a pretty sweet gig or like you get like cpus and all this stuff for a, like a fraction of the price it's it's pretty darn nice that's the only thing i really missed about working there otherwise because in retail it's like whether you're like on the show on, on the floor or a manager you both get paid really like paid like shit so <laughs> It's that's that's the worst thing. Unless you're on commission and really take advantage of that. Otherwise, the only good thing I remember is like like the experience with video games being around that and helping some people. Like I, I was around when uh, Guitar Hero just came out, and so I was t- teaching people how to play. And it was my excuse to just play <laughs> video games all day because you were just like, no, I'm just training. Don't worry well, about it. I, when I worked at Best Buy, I I sold TVs, and oh, like during. That was the type of thing where, like, there was a couple of seasons where it was pretty busy and bad, but, like, throughout the entire, like, spring and summer, like, no one buys TVs. Yeah. So I'd, I'd like, literally sit in the back of the store, like, in, what? like, <laughs> next next to the demo unit, like, the demo theater unit, and i just, like, watch whatever movie they were displaying or whatever. <laughs> like, that's what I would do. Just that, sit back there. What was your favorite movie, movie that was shown? The demo theater? Like, clips. That's all you had is clips. Like, they didn't show full movies. Uh, ours had movies <laughs> oh okay like full-length movies like i I know that yeah, we, we usually what they do i don't think it's probably it varies by store they it's that they would like appropriate whatever like the latest hottest movie was and then they just uh... pop the it pop the blu-ray in and then just kind of have it loop forever <laughs> i know and they switch was... it out every two weeks or whatever i remember like around this was around the time hdtvs were becoming a thing one of the tvs in our best buy had Burnout Paradise and it had the full setup yes. with like the steering wheel. <laughs> and so I just oh my God. played I that. Did. Like I, I tried to do that like before the store opened or after it closed, I'd just get over there and start playing a little bit of it. <laughs> so Very jealous. Oh my gosh. That was 
but otherwise, I mean, Best Buy is not a bad place to work in the grand scheme of things. But just for college, for like a college job, yeah, yeah you could go high school for sure. It's good. You learning could work experience. on like McDonald's or something. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the, the other work experience I had was like working at a, a Dell kiosk back when those were still a thing, and just most of the time was just sitting at in front of one of those like Dell XPS, like the really high end laptops they would have. We would just be sitting there playing Command and Conquer three all day, <laughs> just me and the other guy like that or any other games, and because very few people actually swung by that place. Um, and if you sold enough printers, you'd get like a huge amount of commission. And so I was upselling like hell, and I would get like five hundred dollars extra each month just for mm. selling printers. So commission's kind of fun. Retail is not like the the the, but it's just bad when you think about like you how they treat you during holidays and the weekends and things like that it's really hard to take time can't off. even imagine yeah mm-hmm. that's i do not recommend it uh unless you are like yeah in high school or college and need something like a stepping stone to some better job but because you know, it's you know and because it's it's working with customers too so let's get into the podcast uh we've got a lot to talk about <laughs> Kind of actually, it's been okay. like, actually not. Uh, I, I take it back. It's actually been a very light news week. But first off, we like to get into the yeah the games that we've been playing. So first off, Josh, you've probably had the most busy week. Uh, uh, were, with the, somewhat with the release of Near Automata in Japan. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about that game first? Okay, so I uh, bought Near Automata, and it has the full English dub and English text on it. So. Yeah. I don't know why they kind of delayed the release, but that's been a a really interesting game. A lot, I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's sort of uh, unexpected in a sense. It uh, I won't really touch on story too much, but yeah, from please. a game, yeah, <laughs> yeah gameplay wise, uh, the, the having platinum on board was definitely the, one of the best decisions they've made. Uh, combat wise, it's very fluid, uh, switching through the weapon sets, and there's a lot of. Uh, more RPG elements than I expected in this game. You still have, you know, your standard uh, side quest uh, chains, uh, much like in the original Nier. And some of those chains go very, very much go places, and some of my favorite parts of the game uh, are in those side quests. Uh, just for a reference, right now I just finished the first ending uh, in that game. There's multiple endings, like the first one. Oh. So I'm not, I'm not in the game. How long did it take you to reach like the first ending? So my my first playthrough, I wasn't really playing rushed, but I was. I wanted to like keep on progressing. So like if I was like super stuck somewhere and like I didn't know how to progress the side quest, I wouldn't really finish it. So like I probably got the quest percentage thing. It says like 30, 33 percent right now. So I, even though I felt like I've done a lot of side quests, it, in the grand scheme of things only did a third of them but just curious yeah so like, yeah, yeah but does uh, we're talking about i, I see people mm-hmm. on twitter talking about the game mm-hmm. um and mentioning quests and things is, is it the first game was like kind of like pseudo open world it had like one or two fields and then like a couple of areas off the sides of the of the main field does this game feel like an open world game this or? one feels a lot it, it this world definitely feels more open like there's definitely an open world kind of hub to it but it links to like other places and that's all seamless but there's still a fair share of you know open uh, not open uh, invisible walls there's still you know you can definitely go place you can't really like explore much outside of the boundaries i feel because there's just it feels limited whether it's like just a physical object in there or there's just a flat out place you can't go uh, visible it's not but it's not but it's not like yeah. yeah it's not like 
it's not like loading zones though like the first one they're like when you go travel to a place like you can feel a little hitching because it's like loading in the assets uh, streaming in the assets in real time so like the only time where you really get a loading screen is like when you're teleporting to like other like fast travel points but other than that it, it's, it's seamless for the most part i'm not like 100% on crazy about the performance i'm playing on a base ps4 so there is still you know a fair share of like frame rate problems uh, uh, fair share of like performance and hitching and whatnot. It's not as smooth as I wanted to, be, but it never got, it never really like got unbearable. It never got to the point where it's like consistently like 15 to 20 FPS. It can it can get that low, but it never like overstays its welcome. So like it, in like combat scenarios, like that was never really an issue though. Uh, it never was a consistent 60 FPS in hectic combat scenarios, but for the most part, it. It's an open world, but it's a limited open world. But it feels way more expansive than the first one. Well, it's just like when I'm like thinking about space. the first game. Like, did the first game really even have like side quests? I, I yes, know it had like a couple of yeah, optional things. Really I mean, I played the first game. Quests. I just don't remember if there were much in terms yeah. of yeah, some really they're, sad they're, ones. They're, they're side. They're, they're, like the side quests uh, in the first one are a bit more subtly uh, represented. Like, you had a, like a list, but it it wasn't really clear on really where you, what you had to do next on them which is kind of kind of like you know the, a little bit of the charm of like uh just unexpectedly continuing them this one is a bit more uh better represented in like what you have to do and like where it exactly where you have to go around the area where you have to go maybe a bit uh, more video gamey but in a good way mm-hmm. yeah like, the, one of the nice things out. about this uh is that it really makes good use of its premise of uh you being an android uh, because you have a lot of like uh, like mechanical interface and like every reason of why it's presented to you, like the user interface, why there's no auto saving, there it's, it's only uh, quick saves and actual manually saving. Like that's all weaved into a narrative about why that is. And I thought that there are very specific moments in that game that makes a very clever use about just general UI stuff, which is kind of bizarre to say, but it's very endearing. No. Uh- I can see how that could be cool. I, I have no idea if this is what it's like, and this is a totally different type of game, but it kind of reminds me of, like, the Assassin's Creed games when, like, you start screwing up. Mm-hmm. Like, your game desyncs, and that's, like, built into how those games were, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, yeah. how like, they explain them. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of a... It, like, it doesn't mean anything. It's just kind of how they explain, like, a game over in that game. It yeah, has, it's just contextualizing it. Reason. Yeah, so... It's, that's what it reminded me of yeah but getting back to like your question my first playthrough was about 15 hours but i you can easily get through this game very fast if you like kind of like, just want to go in for like the main route but there are definitely a lot of places that you can like actually explore and like find new things and just going through like finding side quests essentially and i just i really like that the game kind of weaves contemporary issues into the framing into this post-apocalyptic world it's uh it's smart about the the way it presents topics as well as how the characters react to them from the from the lens of an android trying to process logic and emotion so that's that's a really neat thing about it Mm. um the the nice thing about the rpg systems in it is that there's a lot of variability in how you want to actually uh, build up your main character to be she has like this plug-in system where you gain chips throughout the whether you buy them in shops or find them in the environment where you can kind of store the each chip like has a, a cost to them like five or six 
and they're represented as like little blocks that like you kind of fill out. Oh, not really a puzzle style, but kind of like a tower style on Tubi's menu. And so you kind of have to like uh, balance like whether you want to focus on like uh, passive buffs, like attack up or defense up, uh, versus like more offensive ones, like causing like ripples with each slash or having like a, a very handy auto heal actually, which I personally like, where you if you don't get damage for a few seconds, it'll start uh, restoring your health uh, and whatnot. And it's now, just these, uh, these that makes sense. Like you can't mm-hmm. just equip all the best stuff all the time, right? But exactly. can you swap the stuff out like at will? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's very uh, versatile. You can swap them in and out. You can upgrade them. You can you can actually. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure how you master them, but there is a mastery uh, system to it. Where if you master it, it'll it'll actually reduce the cost it takes to actually equip them, which will leave more space for other goodies that you can equip to them. And cool. yeah, you can. If you get like multiples of the same chips, you can like upgrade them. So you have, like, say, two weapon attack ups. You can fuse them to plus one. If you have another plus one of that, you can fuse both plus ones together to plus two, and whatnot. And it's it's a lot of there's a like a weird managing of stats in that game, but it it feels very intuitive. It's I was never super lost in the menus. Um, it's a it's a very solid uh, action RPG, and I'm really curious to see everyone's reactions when it comes out in the West on March 7th and March 10th in Europe, I believe. Yeah, we'll definitely have to talk more about it once that yeah. comes out and the rest of us have gotten a chance to try it out. Is anyone else sure. in this call picking it up on lunch? I was thinking, I mean, I'm I'm kind of playing a bunch of backlog games, so I'm yeah. not in a hurry. And I'm kind of just thinking I want to get the PC version. I mean, I'm sure the PS4 version is totally fine. It's, since I'm playing so many other games, it's like I can wait anyway oh sure by the time you're done maybe it'll be out that kind of thing yeah that's the thing yeah yeah well, we had that we had that fake news about it coming out and oh. then ended up that was a weird thing who what was the source of that oh the trailer so well, the square yeah, was... uploaded it to their press site and the, the the video they uploaded said that steam release was basically march 10th releasing at the same time you know just a couple of days later or with the european release but then then Square Enix uploaded their own trailer on their YouTube channel and didn't say anything about the Steam release. And then they removed and replaced the video file that was on their press site. So that's the thing because I'm, I'm. It obviously sounds like that they had it scheduled to release at that time, but then late in the game they had to uh, move the intended release date for the PC version because if you not too long ago the persona 5 trailer came out that still had it scheduled for february 14th so and that yeah. was after it got delayed announced so, delay. yeah not like nothing's like confirmed but at the same time nothing's deconfirmed either it's kind yeah. of like a weird state of like who knows they don't, like, like square enix won't say anything yeah we'll exactly have to, we'll have to find out about then but aside from that you've also been playing some the brand new distidia final fantasy opera omnia the mobile game yeah, it so cool from the trailers, like it, from a, everyone seemed to have like same opinion when we shared it on our Twitter account. So when like uh, about a few weeks back, like around two weeks ago, no, a week ago, um, I got in my new my new phone. I got a Google Pixel XL, and I was like, I got to do something with this because it has a big ass screen. I I should probably play a game on it. So I was thinking about uh, get, getting this game because it came out at the same time as uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, but obviously that kind of overshadowed it and i kind of want something new because i'm kind of i didn't really i like fire emblem heroes for like a week and a half and then i kind of burnt out on it i kind of exhausted content and it's just it didn't have any staying power for me and so i kind of drifted to this game because it was kind of 
no one really talked about it. I'm like, okay, let's give it a go. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised at how much I liked it, and I really hope that this gets localized. Um, I was asking a few friends earlier whether there was any Square Enix Final Fantasy mobile games that never got localized. I think there was like a, a Crystal Heroes or Defenders one that ne- never got localized. But there's like this game... Final Fantasy Legends or did that one? I don't know. I'm not sure. There's, oh, they have so many mobile games. Oh yeah, the Legends, the one that are you talking about the one that came out in Japan. Well, we're talking about Final Fantasy mobile games that aren't localized. I'm sure there's yeah. a few of them. The first one was, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. I don't one. really touch the, look at these. <laughs> I could have sworn. Let me. I'm sorry. Keep going. Yeah. So, uh, this Dissidia Opera Omnia one is essentially, if you remember playing the old Dissidia fighting games on PSP, the, the Brave system, having to kind of hit opponents with Brave attack to uh, raise your Brave number, because when you do an HP attack, it'll do that amount of damage uh, that corresponds to how much brave that you stored up. Um, so it kind of gets rid of the action element of that and turns it a turn-based RPG, and it actually works very well. I was kind of surprised at how well it kind of transitioned those systems yeah. over to a more traditional <sighs> RPG system. And It is fo- it is turn-based, but it kind of, if it's how I imagine it, it kind of reminds me of Resonance of Fate, uh, where you have to like shoot people with machine gun attacks first, Else you're not going to do any damage, and then you hit them with the pistol attacks. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a really good comparison of like how the the balance the balance system works and the damaging values. So you break uh, you break their guard basically before you can fight them. Is that how it works? Yeah, okay. uh, because each each enemy has their own brave number, and if you reduce that to zero, it'll brave break them. I think that's the <laughs> Square term Enix. for it. Oh my god. Yeah. Anyway. So, and then and then when you brave break them, you get the brave bonus that's up on top of the screen and it has like a certain amount of brave that'll award to your characters and it splits them uh in between all your three party members in battle. Or if like if one or two are down, then you obviously that character has the, gets the full value of that. And so it kinda has a turn it has a turn order and it's a predetermined turn order, but you can influence it in that in the sense that when you brave break an enemy, it delays their turn by one. But other characters like oh, what was her name? Yishtola has a skill uh, called Stone, and when she casts that, she also delays it by one. So, like, say if you use Stone on the enemy that brave breaks them, it delays their turn by two. Uh, for instance, hmm. so the the premise of this game is kind of so it's a whatever plot. It's hey, the, go gather all these heroes from these realms, uh, kind of standard Dissidia uh, story of like about the crystal and how there's something wrong with it. So go you go you go through these some uh, excuse to have all the different exactly games yeah. come together. The 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 weird Dissidia. thing about this game, the weird thing about this game is like the the starting roster or because you don't like recruit characters via the gacha. The gacha is only for weapons only. You recruit characters via events or just meeting them in the main story. And the the way that um, they kind of space out characters, like when you get them, is very odd. Like, for example, one of your starting characters is Rem for Final Fantasy Type Zero. And this game, like, really likes uh, Final Fantasy Type Zero because there are entire series that aren't represented. I'm just trying to remember who are the like the first the beginning cast members that you get in the first world are the Warrior of Light, VV, Rem from Type Zero, Saz from Thirteen, um, 
who's this one? Cloud and Tifa from Seven and Hope and what was the other one? I think, yeah, it was Ishtola from uh, Hope from 13 and Ishtola from 14. So it's not like kind of, it's not really going for like main characters only. It's actually like paying respect to like, you know, more significant side characters as well, giving them more, uh, more time in the spotlight. I, I, I saw on Twitter that like Vanille is in the game somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like you, you talked about having Hope and Saz and apparently Vanille's in it, but like you don't get Lightning or Yeah, and Lightning's or Snow, not in there. Who seem to yeah. be a little bit like more the. Hmm. Uh, maybe there'll be like an event later. <laughs> yeah, or... probably like update. Yeah, like that. That's how you got Vanille. Uh, Vanille, you got through an event, and Squall as well. You got through an event. You don't actually get them in the main story. Uh, right now, there's a current event in it that you get Setzer uh, as well. So, Setzer. the that's cool. That's Setzer. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's a. Uh, Whenever it's... I think of Setzer, I think of uh, Kingdom Hearts Two. With like, he's like super popular. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, Blitz player, not Blitz, or whatever they call that mini game, and then all the girls are like, Setzer! Oh, yeah, you're like cheering on <laughs> So, the, the way that the, the, cool, the really cool thing about this game is that it's easy to kind of lose time playing it, because in the main story maps, there's no stamina system. So, you can go through these maps and clear them, you know, at your own pace. You're not bound by uh, any stamina meter on it. The only time a stamina system is in place is like for special events. Like there's a, there's a special event that you entered this world to gather uh, materials to like materials that level up your summons because uh, summons in this game work on a meter that you fill up uh, through damaging enemies and getting damaged. And then when you activate them, it'll do a, a certain amount of brave damage and kind of uh, buff your characters by raising their cap on their brave meter. So uh, let's say you have a 2,000 cap of brave. If you activate if, if for, for example, it'll raise that to maybe 3,500 because you can't gain... Obviously, you need to balance out so you don't endlessly grind brave in battle just to one-shot bosses. You know, you need a cap on that. And that's uh, through equipment, through weapons, and through uh, leveling them up normally. You know, you, you slowly... Uh, raise that limit and whatnot but just overall presentation is it's very good for a mobile game it remind me really nice the, the characters are sprites right they're yeah. not like models. Well, the three, they're, they're, they're there's 3D like 3d models. like final fantasy oh. for three or four like the ds ones oh, yeah the 3D sprites yeah. uh not sprites but the 3d chibi models that's what they are yeah and there's also a really fun uh thing about the the system as well like when after you break them you can actually launch them into the air to either do brave Juggling? Yeah, it's kind of like juggling. It's like brave HP uh, attacks Over uh, the following it, yeah. and then you you get and then after that they hit like an invisible boundary wall, and then that'll you know do additional damage to them as oh, well. It's like so Final it gets Fantasy 13's combat system a little bit because <laughs> that d- definitely has that the juggling part of it when you wear it, it down. I think the only weird issue that I find in the story is that there are. There are characters that you meet, like in the third world. You feel, you meet Cypher and what were the other his two laggies? Fujin and Raijin, I think. Fujin, Raijin. Yeah. Fujin, Raijin, yeah. yes. Yeah, so you meet them and you know. they they only interact with Cloud and Saz and a few other characters in, in my party, even though I had Squall because I got Squall through an event. So by that point, the Squall shouldn't be like, you know, I guess, quote unquote, in your party. But I just felt weird that like I had Squall already and he never like made interaction with his group, 
even though that's like a big central point and like eight's plot. Yeah. It, it's a it's a nice little game. I'm I, I'm kind of at crossroads whether I want to like continue with it or not because I kind of just want to pray that this gets an English release because like a certain portion of the game is kind of weirdly locked out because you get like these disidea points that is to be used on the main arcade game and and it's not like I can really run out to an arcade and like yeah let me go use these disidea points on this fucking game. Yeah. That... It does look pretty good, and I, it, it seems kind of it's inevitable that it will find its way over here, maybe with I the hope. console release of the arcade version. But, yeah, that's long, long ways off, but yeah, I hope so. Yeah, and and to go and to go back real quick, oh, as I mentioned before, Final Fantasy Legends, that was Final Fantasy Dimensions in the West. Oh, okay. Two is the new one that hasn't been localized yet, so okay. that's... I just wanted to clarify that because I knew cause someone asked that on Twitter and I was like, oh, I, yeah, I knew this You're mixed up, especially. So they changed the name from Legends to Dimensions. Yeah. To obviously not confuse it with the actual Final Fantasy Legend. With Final Fantasy Legend, which is Saga. Yeah. The, in the <laughs> Naming. Japan, it was known as Saga. Yeah. It was all this stupid, confusing nonsense. And you get into the Mystic Quest and all that stuff. And... But it's not the same as Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. Yeah, clearly. It's, it's super confusing. And I'm, I'm not... Uh, I'm, I'm not bothered by the fact that they had to change it. It makes perfect sense that they did. But yeah, uh, once again, you know, it's it's only a couple of weeks. We'll hear more about Nier Automata, so I'm sure we'll talk more about that, Josh. Uh-huh. But uh, for sure, is that your plan for the future? Is to play more of that? I know there's. I isn't there another? Have you got onto Super Robot Wars yet? Or is that no, not yet? yet. I mean, I ha- it's it came out the same time as Nier Automata, so I had to make a very tough choice <laughs> yeah. on like whether I wanted to do that or. Near, I might actually start it like later tonight after this recording, or maybe tomorrow, because I really want to hop onto that. Yeah. But I'm trying. I'm trying to like get like a few endings into Automata and maybe a decent amount of the ways into uh, the new SRW before the Switch and Zelda like next week. Fuck, man, just. It's yeah, a lot of games. I, I know you kept your pre-order. I know you mentioned also on Twitter to say like you should don't stop at the first ending in Nier Automata. You should continue Definitely. to play other ones. I'm like, well, yeah, I know it's playing Nier knows you need to really do that because man, those endings get pretty damn good. Yeah, um, but I mean, I, a lot of people, you know, will hop onto this of either first Yokotaro game and could be the yeah. first first Nier game. Like a lot of people are not used to you know going through multiple playthroughs of like to get a lot of new content in it. So so very much a heads up to a lot of people that, hey, it, you're not done with it after no. you complete it. It's definitely not. Platinum games in general are like that. Yeah, that mm-hmm. also it's also a platinum thing. But yeah, well, Vanquish was not like that at all. It was more like getting time attack crap. Well, like Rising. Yeah, we actually didn't have this in the news either, but Yoko Taro is working on a mobile game, Sino Alice, with Square oh, yeah. So That's, it's uh, Sam and Kiichi Aokabe, the composer, of course, Uh Oh, they're both working on that game, and so far the art looks pretty good. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a very curious that. thing, like because the, the the girls there are from you know fair, fairy tales like Little Red Riding Hood, Cinderella, oh. and whatnot. It kind of reminds me of uh, what was that? Mary Skelter, I think, does the same thing. Yeah. Having yep. its party members like that. That was also like late last year during that Idea Factory press conference. They announced that for localization, so we'll see that later this year. But who knows if this will come out? Square Enix has got like a billion mobile games that they never I localized. <laughs> I would like to see. I would. I would be interested to see if that would get localized. But we know so little about it at this point. There was another game, uh, Grim. What was it? Grim called? Notes. Yeah, Grim Notes. I played a little bit of that of the Japanese version, and that's got a really good style to it uh, for people that are into kind of the anime look of it. But it's got that more gothic i guess or victorian i don't know how to put it but it's 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 like yeah. a, it's got a little bit better look to it um 
people should check out Grim Note sometime. But yeah, uh, Sinnoh Alice, hopefully we'll hear more about that. But Yeah, I'll you know, give it a shot when that comes out. Yeah, Yoko Taro right. left around Dragon Guard 3 with Square Enix, and so I'm... He's apparently still, yeah, still working with them in sort of a contractor capacity. So that's cool to see that he's still doing it with them. I wonder if he'll ever go off and do something completely different. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I, at this point, I see him more like a, an Uroboshi kind of person where he's like, he could totally blend his talents <laughs> to like as a writer to like all these other projects that he could, you know? And I, I, I would do. definitely want to see him embark on something totally new and kind of. Kind of, not replaces, but kind of separated from everything that he's doing right now. Yeah, I mean, like he's... the the Sino Alice project. That's why I'm very interested in that and how that how like thinking of his like way he approaches game development and his ideas and how that translates to a mobile game like excites me, but also very much worries and scares me. <laughs> I mean, his is. Material tends to pack an emotional punch. Like we're going to Nier. Like if you all have to do is mention the old man and the dog, and you uh, mm. people who play Nier know what that that quest was about. Yeah. So like his stuff can really can, can really hit you hard. And so I'm thinking about like other genres, like even going all the way to like survival horror and stuff like that, or like the deep drama, like even from like you know character action games and stuff like that. Like he he can totally. Uh, you know, do those types of games. Even go into like you know, Devil May Cry. Like it, I, I, I'm, I'm just thinking about all these things that he could do. Uh, he could really benefit from because I mean, obviously, Nier Automata is not that far off from a Devil May Cry game to begin with. So I guess that's something he could definitely do. Um, mm-hmm. And you seem to have a have had a good time with that. But you know, yeah, let's not talk too much more about Nier Automata. I'm <laughs> sure people who are listening all kind of upset that we are mentioning it to begin with. It's like a Persona Five deal. Speaking yeah. of which, your Persona Five impressions piece. I don't know if you mentioned that or. I don't know. If, I don't remember if you post that between the last podcast and now, but no, actually that was before the last podcast. But I don't know if you, I don't think you guys even I, I mentioned that. I I forgot if I mentioned that or not. Yeah, but we should mention. It's go there. check that out. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of spoiler free, right? Or as it's a, I, I I said there's spoilers up until the second dungeon. The, yeah. the the written part of it, it's like but early it's game nice. stuff. You're yeah, probably very, going to in the first not, couple yeah. of hours. Not really yeah. going to do that because if you've played a Persona game, you know it really picks up in the later parts, like any Persona game, really. Yeah, so. the, the only big spoilers you're going to get is like just the general premise of it. I'm like, why the or why the person is going to Tokyo, for example. Yeah, I, I wanted to make sure that you got to mention that because I, mm-hmm. I didn't hear that in the last podcast. And oh, I yeah, thank you. It was an important piece. So yeah, no problem. So moving on, Brian, uh, you have been playing a game that's out in a few days, a game that's been kind of highly anticipated for years now, it feels like. You've been playing some, and you can't really talk too much about this, but it's Torment Tides of Numenera. Uh, anyone who's played Planescape knows how damn good a game that is. It's very, very good. Compared to Baldur's Gate in the same breath, really. How's that been treating you, Brian? I know you can't really talk about your opinion, but uh, is it? Can, uh, can you talk a little about how the gameplay is like? Uh, it's pretty standard fare for, uh, like, a isometric RPG gameplay. Sure. So it's, you have, like, a character, you have a few companions. You will kind of interact with people who know more than you do about the world you're in. Uh, you'll kind of select a set of abilities that will be specific to you. You'll, and the thing about Torment compared to things like Pillars of Eternity or Tyranny, is that it doesn't really have a high focus on combat. Oh, because I was going to say, like, it's back in vogue now, it feels like, because you've got, yeah, you got, uh, you know, Obsidian doing their thing, Pillars of Eternity and Tyrant, but you've also got, like, Divinity. And so uh, do you think it kind of hangs in that group? Because 
it doesn't seem it's 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 weird the game is weird and i think it's better for it oh good (laughs) i've seen him play some of the game and that game gets pretty weird we're like, just looking at it. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you can't really go too deep into <laughs> it, but weird. that's very big. But yes, it's weird. Uh, one I of the, the locations. So. Well, I can talk about it a little bit because, sure. like, it's on early access, so you can talk about um, some of the early game stuff. Sure. Because anyone can play it. But like one of the one of the game's first like areas is like a giant city inside of a trans-dimensional organism. So like the walls are made out of flesh, and there's like tongues and mouths and a whole bunch of weird stuff give me the setup for this game like who are you okay well (laughs) sorry um the the main setup for the game is that it's uh you there's a character called the changing god who is a character who is very very like old and he has basically found a way to cheat death by moving himself from body to body uh, and you are the last cast off. You are the like most recent of his bodies. So you have a set of memories, but they're not yours. They're they're his. You've got no like memories of your own, and that's kind of like the it's the setup of the game. Is he still in you, or did he, did he already leave you? Now, that's a spoiler. Oh, okay. But yeah. <laughs> We gotta avoid the story stuff about it, but I was more speaking more generally about the gameplay itself is what I I personally am more interested in. In, in that, does it? I, I obviously we, it's kind of tough. We're kind of tiptoeing around this, but do you think it does a good enough job modernizing that type of gameplay? Because you've got other developers who do their own thing and have done it very well for years, and they and they got the hang of it now. But of course, you've got torment that has been sitting in this development hell it feels like for quite a while since its kickstart ended what seems like ages ago so i think that's yeah i'm curious it's the gameplay itself like the combat encounters or whatever is pretty standard it doesn't really do anything new the strength of the game is in its writing and its questing and kind of its its world because it's very very different it's it's the modern world but it's a billion years in the future so I, I, I don't want not modern world. It's like our universe a, mil, a, sure. a billion years in the future. And seeing how humankind has only been around, I look this up, at the most you know conservative estimate, six million years, and only like 200, 300,000 of like real civilization or whatever. Yeah. It's a billion years in the future. This is as distinct as any fantasy land. It's there, it doesn't really re- resemble our world at all, even though they tell us that it's the same one. Can you go uh, like avoid combat and, and entirely and just like talk? And there might there might be a way to like do a pacifist run, uh, but I, I I didn't really explicitly try to be like I'm going to be a complete pacifist and not fight ever. Um, it might be possible, but I, I think it'd be very difficult. The, the the three main classes are kind of like the the Knights of the Republic classes. There's like a basically a soldier, a jack of all trades, skill person, and a mage. And the mage will have the best abilities for like persuading people or just deceiving them. So that's the class that I picked. So I was able to get out of a lot of the combat encounters, mm. but not all of them. But during some of the combat encounters, like you'll it'll go into the combat mode or whatever, and, and you have to fight them. Pretty much, you have to kill them. Well, no, well sometimes yes, but sometimes it says, uh, like, okay, there's three enemies there. Either defeat them or find a way to like trap them or you know run away from them. Like even if you get into an encounter, you don't have to kill them to to end it. Like one of the encounters, you're being chased by monsters, and you can end it by trapping them in these like. You set the trap to lure them in. You put a character in to, for them to swing at, 
and then the trap will go off and you know the, the enemy will no longer be a threat and you don't kill them so it's still kind of being a pacifist even though you have to use the combat rules in order to do that okay because yeah that was the, that was a big part of the original planescape was being able to do like a pacifist run and that was pretty funny. right and it seems like for, for for most of the quests um it seems like if you're doing the quest properly like if you take all the information that you can and you are using the all the knowledge that's available to you from your party members or your the the characters in the city you're in or whatever that you shouldn't have to fight fighting if you this isn't always true but if you if you end up having to trade blows you're you you've made some mistake you don't have all the information you just you you pick the option in the dialogue tree that says i don't care i'm going to attack you so usually it means like there's something you missed how's the game structure is like segmented zones or like all seamless it's like how do you actually travel it's, around it's basically three acts um and each act is about like six or seven zones so it's not seamless like the first city that you're in and this is in the early access is is five five main zones so you can go inside of buildings which are their own zones and things like that um and there's no there's no like distinguished area between like a city zone and a zone where you can combat you can fight people anywhere like you might you might be in the middle of a city and some people come and want to fight you for some reason just like Baldur's Gate they just kind of hate you for no reason and you're like (laughs) oh my god it's because of your alignment or something like that that's typically how that happened it's like chaos neutral dude we don't like you yeah so the game is a lot of reading um because a lot of it is you you are the last cast off of the changing of the changing god character so you have like thousands and thousands of years of his memories in you and you like you you, so it's like lewd no, no, no normal human body can can normally like you know manage or handle that, but uh, you kind of have to learn how to deal with it. And you, the, the, it's kind of a weird uh, juxtaposition because since you are his most recent cast off, you are the youngest and the least experienced, but you are the most perfected. So it's kind of like I thought it was a, a brilliant setup for an RPG. It, it's kind of like the amnesia setup, only not as hackneyed. It's like you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't have any experiences of your own. You have you too many eat. memories. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't have a name. Everyone that remembers you, you don't remember them because it's not your memory. It's someone else who inhabited your body once. So it's 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 kind of like at its. If you boil it down to one one sentence, it's you have amnesia, but it's obviously much more nuanced than it's that. More and elaborate. I think it's, <laughs> and I think I think it's I think it's brilliant, and also kind of explains why you have so many capabilities because this changing god character perfects. And kind of iterates on his on his design, and you are the most, the I guess the least imperfect of his of his old bodies. Oh, so, so. is it like the way you're growing or leveling up? Is that you're like releasing yeah. more and more of his power, pretty much? Like you're like yeah. uh, getting into that stuff, or like it's not explicitly put that way, but oh, you could you could inter- you could interpret it that way. That yeah, you're tapping you're, into you're, it as it were. Right. So that's awesome. <laughs> And is it, one, is it all voice one, acted or there's just... very little voice acting okay. only only yeah, your companions nice. only your companions will voice act and only like at very key moments mm-hmm. uh so it's it's there are some instances where you do kind of see the budget coming through like it's not it's not a high budget game mm-hmm. like for instance none of the npcs that you talk to have like even have portraits 
So you'll meet an NPC, and this person will be, they'll, they'll, they'll identify themselves as a slaver, and obviously there's some quest involving her. You can support her or, you know, combat her. But she doesn't have a portrait, and no, no one has portraits, which I think you don't, you don't miss them at first, but then it's kind of weird because you meet, like, 30 characters in the city, and what you have to remember them on are their names and the way they interact with you and, like, the descriptions given in the text. You don't, you're not given any sort of, like, this is what that character looks like. It's so it's kind of it, it, so in one way it is kind of a, it does come across like a budget thing like they couldn't give unique artwork to all these characters but sure. but in other but in other ways it, it does kind of make it useful to read like when you when you encounter the character you don't only see what their opening line to you is when you talk to them you'll see, there'll be just some prose that you read that says you know this person is hunched over wearing a blue scarf you notice that she's missing oh, her cool. left left hand or whatever nice. and like. It's obviously it's not super functional to always read that, but it course, does. But it, it does. It helps it does contextualize paint, that. Yeah, it paints a picture in your mind's eye, or however you want to put it. Like, okay, so that's. I what kind of find that a little charming. Right. So it does mean that the game progresses slowly because there is a lot of reading. You could probably get by if you were in a rush or not interested, just like skipping to the you know the dialogue and picking the option that is most seems most conducive to your goals, but you're going to be missing out on just some of the world building or things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's all I really, I can't really get into specifics. So sure. I'll talk about more next week. By, by this time next week, we'll have a, um, we'll have a, a review, a, a review up and possibly an interview. I'm not sure on the details of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're in talks with speaking to in exile, in exile about that. Right. Yeah, I don't know much about that development team. They they made the the Wasteland games, which I've never played. They made they're Wasteland, very, and they're working good. on Bard's Tale. Yeah, you can actually get Wasteland too, pretty cheap nowadays, especially for consoles. Like even for consoles, like I've oh, seen I, I don't know much about this game, but I've heard of it. Hunted the Demons Forge. Oh, I guess that was them. Uh, don't don't play it. I didn't hear great things about it. Oh, I don't okay. too much about it. That's probably why. But <laughs> it's I I it's probably better to look at like the other yeah, wasteland and stuff like that. That's this that's when they started their Kickstarter stuff. You know? I, I forgot was was Wasteland three a thing or like they, they had no. it on figure Kickstarter? Okay, I, what did they have on? Wait, now you got me second guessing myself. Yeah, because I, I felt they... like I, I felt like there was like a snow environment. That oh, they you're showed. right. Yeah, kick, it actually is, and it was actually. It's scheduled for 2019. I totally forgot about that. Okay. Instance. So, yeah, it actually cleared its goal of 2.75 million with 3.1 million. So, yeah, it actually was pretty well. And it was actually announced last fall. So I totally, totally forgot about that at this point. But yeah, Wasteland yeah, 2, like... I heard it was pretty darn good. Wasteland 1 is obviously like a huge benchmark for storytelling at a time when that was very, there was very little that there's actually, um, a YouTube playthrough of the guy who I think created it, uh, Wasteland One. He actually has a, a video, like he has a video series of him playing it himself, or maybe it was the uh, the writer. I'm, I'm forgetting who it was, but it was pretty darn fun to watch. So I'm hopeful. There's like a commentary track on it. It actually was. It was. Like, it was more than just commentary. Actually, it was him playing the game. And yeah, it was yeah. like a let's play, so it was it was pretty okay. cool. And he actually got really into it. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> fun to watch. And he's like creating these backstories for all these characters on his team and uh, telling him like just just being able to witness that was fun. And I'm very hopeful about Torment. But yeah, we'll have a review up this week, as you said. I'm very hopeful for that. Oh, I want to check it out because I had a lot of fun with the original Planescape and. You know, I do. I do want to be able to like play it this year, but we'll see. Yeah, it's a lot of text, and that's the that's the, what people really enjoyed about the original game, Planescape. I am looking forward it to it. A lot of reading. So, 
Great. Uh, anything else on your radar, though, Brian, besides that? You said you're trying hard to get a Switch. <laughs> yeah. The ongoing saga. I, Zelda previews are hard to ignore. Yeah. The, the Zelda previews have been insane so far. Yeah. Well, very hopeful about that. Oh, and so that seems to be a light. Moving on, though, Adam, I know you've been more tackling your backlog. You were playing Zelda last week. Skies of Arcadia the week before. And this week, it seems like you were playing Tales of Eternia. The best Tales, right? Uh, so I'm playing AKA Tales of Eternia. Tales of Rebirth, yeah. No, Tales of Rebirth is something different. Oh, no, I, uh, I know Tales of Eternia. I'm thinking of different things, because like, in the West, it was something different, right? I... So so Tales, this is the third Tales game. In the United States, it was released as Tales of Destiny 2. That's what I was and thinking I, of. And yes. I guess the reason for that, or part of the reason is, is that Mattel, the, the toy company, owns the trademark to the word uh, Eternia. Yeah. So it released as Tales of <laughs> Destiny 2, which of course got even weirder when they actually yeah. made a yeah. Tales of Des- Tales of Destiny is the second Tales game, Fantasia is the first. Tales of Eternity and they, Destiny 2. And then there's uh, there's an actual Tales of Destiny 2 that came out after Tales of Eternia, which is titled <laughs> Tales of Destiny 2. Um, yeah. That one was never localized. Nope, it wasn't. Uh, That's what made it a little bit easier to deal with. <laughs> so I'm actually playing... So I, I just I, I played a lot of the Tales games. I, Symphonia was my first, which I guess is probably true for a lot of people, um, mm-hmm. having that GameCube exclusivity at the time. Um, but uh, I played a lot of the more recent ones. But I just figured that I wanted to play some of the earlier ones that I uh, just to kind of become more familiar with them and to try them out. And I know they're quite they're they're they have quite a different style. Um, now I'm playing the PSP version, which only came out in Europe. And I don't know if that's also because of the Eternia trademark, because apparently Mattel still owns that. Um, (laughs) So so I don't know if that's why the PSP version was never released in the United States. Um, Probably. Yeah, so because they can't use the word Eternia, uh, I guess. Just just name it Tales of Destiny 2 again. (laughs) Uh, We missed out on some good games for sure, yeah. So this is a a 2D Tales game. So it's like uh, Tales of Fantasia. It actually looks a lot like Tales of Fantasia, only um, it's cleaned up quite a bit. Now, I've only played the GBA version of Fantasia, which is the only English version, but that version has is kind of notorious for slowdown and bad audio. Kind of chugs the whole time, and it just isn't very smooth of a game. Um, so from my perspective, Eternia like is a much, much... It's basically polished up in every way. It feels just like Tales of Fantasia, only... It just works and plays a lot, lot better. Um, and even yeah. the story stuff, I think, is probably better than Fantasia. Um, it kind of feels like it takes an improvement on that in every way. Now, I've never played Destiny, so I don't know how, how that compares. Um, but first, let me just talk about some interesting things. So this this English version, I don't know if it's like just a direct port of the PSX version or not. I think it is. I, don't I think, think so. I played the PS1 version. I don't think version. it's like changed or redone or anything. Uh, first of all, like the voice acting is English. There's not a ton of it, but it's not very good. It's it's PSX era, so kind of reminds you of like something like Grandia or something like that. Are Just, you telling me you don't like Mary D's English voice in battle? You can turn them off. It's <laughs> it's like the original Grandia. Like there's like probably a very 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 early attempt at video game voice acting. Oh yeah. Um, but there's not a whole lot of it. Most of it is just silent anyway. Just some key scenes and stuff. But like, don't they, don't they show out uh, the battle the battle skill names too? Well, let me get to that. They, okay. they do say they do talk in battle, um, just with the skill names and whatnot. But there's a lot of like errors and text 
oddities in this game that I'm like, you're not used to seeing these unless you're playing, I guess, these older localizations, I guess. Like, uh, for example, one of the summons is Efreet, but like sometimes when he's summoned, like his name will be all messed up. And same with Celsius, where there'll be like Japanese characters mixed in with the English characters uh, in their name. Um, the monster book, which is like the bestiary, is not even trans or it's translated, but the names are the entries are in Japanese. Oh yeah, that's so, <laughs> just really weird. Fuck. There's also some weird things like one of the skills. Uh, this is a common tale skill. It's called Ground Dasher, but when you when you cast it, it shows up on the screen as Earthshaker, but he still yells Ground Dasher. Um, and the voice acting some other in this games, the Japanese, yeah. It's just, well, there's just text errors, like menus, like there's like the menus. Some there's still some Japanese hanging around in there, so it's kind of weird with that. Wow. But uh, it's also not consistent. This is something that like does not bother me at all. But it's also not consistent with some of the uh, moves that have become really, really common in the game. Like for example, I think like uh, the 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 move Sword Rain is like in every single Tales game, but in this game it's called Swarm. I don't know. <laughs> they just so there's no consistency. Why not? Well, that doesn't really bother me, but I, I noticed it. But the weirdest thing, I did not know about this when I got this game. I just bought it secondhand off of eBay or whatever. Um, was that in launch versions of this PSP version, in the European version only, there's a game-breaking, unavoidable glitch that oh. happens after you beat Bolt, who's one of the series summons, where it just freezes up on you and you can't do anything. And then when that happened to me, I was like, is this like just a bad copy of the game? But when I look it up immediately, it's like apparently <laughs> oh no, so apparently a get... well-known thing. Yeah, and every every copy of this game um, that has it, if it was like a launch copy, <laughs> how are you how get, get, have you able to get? How do you get past? Yeah, that? I got past it. Oh so, god. But apparently, what people were doing back in the day, because if you got like on the, on like a reprint, it was fixed. I wonder if some of the textings were also fixed in a reprint. Um, so I guess I should mention I'm not emulating. I'm playing a, a UMD disc on a PSP 3000. You are uh, I don't, the kind of person who doesn't emulate anything. I don't. So. Te- I don't emulate unless I really have to. Yeah. Um, but uh, what people were doing back when it launched, or they actually they had actually like email. Like I, I was checking out some of the old GameFAQ forums, which are like dead now, but some of the topics are locked. Um, like they'd email like people who had newer versions of the game. Like here, here's my save file. Now just play past the part that's glitched for me. Save, then send it back. Um, <laughs> that's what people would do. Uh, nowadays, I just had to. I just downloaded the ISO for PPS. God bless the internet. And I just basically transferred my save onto my computer into the emulator. Found an ISO that's of a of a working version. Played past it and then transferred it back to my PS. Holy shit! Wow. It's just like it's just how many games ship with like a unavoidable game breaking bug like that. It wasn't even like it wasn't even like Skyward Sword, which has like a game breaking bug if you do like a certain thing in a certain order or something like no, that. Just a little thing. It's a progression. Uh, That's it. It's the only way to activate it. <laughs> just play the game normally. Oh my god. Anyway, that's that's just kind of the that's that's kind of the humorous thing here. But the game itself, this is like before the the. Uh, the mechanics of these games got really intricate. It's a it's a side scrolling, um, 2D combat. It, it works pretty well. So most of the mob battles are pretty uh, um, just trivial, and you know you can just blitz through them no problem at all. But some of the boss fights have actually been legitimately challenging. Yeah, there's been, there's 
the weird difficulty spikes uh, throughout the game like that. Like I, I remember playing the PS1 version, and like the bounces being oddly very fluid compared to like any other RPG I was playing at that time. It like this felt very free. Did you say that again? Uh, sorry. Um, what like felt I, fluid? The the battle system uh, yeah, in I... Tales of Eternia. Like it, I was, I only played the PS1 version, and just at the time, it just felt a lot more fluid than like most other RPGs that came out around that time. Yeah, there's like a there's very it felt very free and loose. Yeah, it's 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 very smooth. Um, like I said, I haven't played Destiny, and I don't know how that compares. And I've only played the GBA version of Fantasia, so I know that's probably not nearly as good as the other versions. But com- so my comparison from this to Fantasia is that Eternia is like better in just about every single way. Um, the story stuff, it's it's a pretty it it actually feels like proto Symphonia. Um, in terms Kinda. of like, yeah, there's like that. two different worlds, and you have to collect the summon spirits to basically solve a crisis involving the intersection of these two worlds so it kind of feels like you know they took this idea and expanded it in symphonia um and it's 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 fairly basic um but it's it's not like some tales games where the stories and the characters are like insultingly annoying where they actually like detract from it it's just kind of adam um, adam which which game are you referring to there i don't know (laughs) (laughs) some like more than one of them who's your favorite character so far so out of the characters, uh, Farah. So the, this Hell is yeah. a game for people who aren't aware. It has Reed, Farah, and Meredy are kind of the main characters that show up. And you also have the Keel. Crosses. Sorry, Keel. I think the yeah, other guy Keel, like Keel. Uh, like I didn't even know this guy existed because he never he never shows up in any of the crossover stuff. And oh chat. yeah, there's wait, chat. Did chat was in there? Oh yeah. wait, oh yeah, that's right. Chat was in that in Turnia. Okay. Chat Chat is like a pirate girl, and she's basically like a proto uh, Patty from Vesperia. Mm-hmm. Yep, she's Ifrid's great granddaughter. Ifrid is a pirate guy who shows up in a bunch of the games, kind of a reoccurring sort of character. And then there's a uh, there's Max, who is like this doofus, like gunner resistance leader guy who's really dumb. Um, but out of the characters. Uh, I would say probably Farah is probably the, actually the probably the most well-rounded and best. Fuck yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Reed is just kind of like a, uh, I'm a hunter. I only just do what my instincts tell me to do, and I just kind of go with the flow, you know, kind of blah. And then um, Meredy is Meredy's Meredy's pretty good, I guess, but she's kind of more of just like <laughs> she she like she teeters from like bearable to like please get like off the screen. Shot of water, like I'm in an unknown world and kind of. Um, I need help and I, I basically have to rely on other people and I basically kind of like the story conflict actually revolves around her like yeah. in a sense she's the main character in that way but it, it um, I, I just think the story is kind of plain so far that I think her character development is kind of overdone and expected and I know this game is old now but Farah is a little bit more like um, internal conflicts about what she wants to do with her life and what's her purpose and uh, basically, the the things she wants to strive towards and uh, how she interacts with the other characters and things like that. I think, I think we all have a little bit of fair ideas. I, I also yeah. like her whole design. Like she's like a full on dress, but she has does like martial arts in battle. Yeah, she's, she's she's like the she's like a an expert martial artist, but she's wearing it almost looks like a like a sundress like dress thing. Mm-hmm. It's so, I think I think that the one character I really couldn't stand in that game was Chat. I. I dislike chat from what I remember a lot. Chat is a uh, chat. 
Chad is like a grease monkey. There's actually one of the humorous scenes in the game when you get the boat. She like starts like swooning over the engine and then she uh, kind of like stares at it for a while and then forgets everyone else is there. And <laughs> that's the type of character she is. How far are you in uh, Eternia now? Uh, I, I'm i at the point where I can travel between the two different worlds in the game at, at will. So I oh, okay. think that's going to be roughly near the end of the yeah, game. Yeah, you're fairly good, a yeah. good amount of the game. And so I remember. When I, I am following a guide. When I play these older games, I kind of want to be a little bit efficient. So I kind of just follow a guide for things like, for example, I just did like an optional dungeon where you get shadow. And I probably would have mm. missed it entirely if I wasn't following a guide for that. Just there was a fair amount of uh, yeah. There's a fair amount of, about of missables. And tales games are kind of notorious for missable yeah. things too. They've been so. better more recently. Yeah, they've been better recently. Like Vesperia, I know. Oh, yeah, I think they peaked with Vesperia. I think Vesperia is when they kind of decided, yeah, we have way too much stuff that's so easily missed with tiny windows. So let's stop that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Wait, are you like, saying you, are you saying you didn't Seki. think to visit this random city like when you had no reason to ten hours into the game? Oh. oh, and you just missed the best weapon and whatever. <laughs> oh, Thanks. yeah, I do. I think Grace has had that same problem, too, sometimes. I think Grace's was a little better in that most things you could do at the end game. But anyways, so, yes. yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's definitely, you know, I got you, you have to put your mindset back to like 1999 or whenever this released um, originally. Uh, just it has a, a little bit more of a basic JRPG plane story. Um and the combat system is like before these these Tales games got like really intricate and and involved and interesting really. So, but I think like for what it offers, like was like what Josh was saying, and I agreed is that it's it's a really smooth game. Some of the boss fights are challenging enough where you can't just mash your same attack over and over again and expect to win. Um, so it's it's I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it was, it was one of my earliest Tales game. Might might have been my first one. I still hold it in high regard like even people i know a lot of the fan base like you know hates eternia i'm just like i i don't know i enjoyed a lot of it when i was a kid like i said i think it's better in fantasia in just about every way so yeah as a part of sequel should be that's that's good to hear about it so that's that's kind of your tales of eternia minute i mean have have you is there anything else that you're looking forward to i know you're thinking about picking up zelda next week right um yeah I, was talking about that week, right? I don't i don't <laughs> know if i want to get it at launch like i i definitely want to play it but i don't know if i'm gonna do it right away yeah you, you did mention about picking up a whole switch and i recommended maybe thinking about the wii u version i am, but... con- I am considering the wii u version just because i'm curious how that runs but yeah it might not run as well but then again it's you don't have to invest that much money so for a system that if you're not unsure if you're unsure about to be honest because that's that's where i'm at i mean i would if it was easy for me i'd I just the, the thing I'm worried about, nice. or not worried about, is like you you buy a Switch, you get Zelda, you play it, and then like a week later, you're like, all right, what's the next game coming out for Switch? It's uh, like the Wii U, pretty much. I, the, my next game for the Switch will be the Splatoon 2 Global Test Fire. That's my next game for it. Doesn't that? When's that gonna like, be happening? Like, like late March, I think. Yeah, that's Splatoon itself is summer, but the Test Fire is. I, I think I'm personally pretty excited about. Bomberman, <laughs> but I know that's not really know. high on some people's list. But I think I'm personally pretty interested in that game. But I guess we'll find out. If I'm not mistaken, I'd say I think Puyo Puyo the, Tetris, but that's a that's I think also the, on PS4. I think the eight four play people are behind Bomberman, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm kind of curious about that game, just because like I know the types of projects they're willing to pick up tend to be on the more higher end. But I guess we'll find out. Uh, for me, it's been. Pretty much more Neo. Uh, I finally kind of wrapped up that game uh, story-wise. 
because to be, to be perfectly upfront, like with my review, I wasn't quite done with the game when I did that review, um, but I did get around to beating it. And the types of things that I had took issue with kind of still hold true. The only other thing I can think of is the enemy variety isn't quite there, uh, which is unfortunate. But um, the last two submissions of that game, people talked about how incredibly difficult it was. I won't spoil what it is, but it's challenging, I'll admit it. But I guess I'm pretty overpowered powered for where my character was at the time because I was able to complete both missions in a matter of like a couple minutes each. So... I guess it's I was I put way too much time into that game on the submissions and things like that that I was like by the time I beat that game I was level 125. Oh wow! Uh, and so yeah, I was I was pretty pretty powerful and also I had leveled up my skills to the point that I unlocked all the skills of the Kasurigama, uh, the web, one of the weapon types. It's the sickle chain for people who don't know what that is. Is you know you whip around the chain and slice people up. So that was a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, I had a great time with that game, and I kind of keep popping in there every now and then to do the uh, the random co-op, which you know, it just you people who use one of those summoning cups, as it were, to ask people to kind of join their game at random to help them out uh, at any point. I've been doing that because what I've heard is that I guess on the second boss in that game, which is arguably one of the most aggressive bosses in that entire game, it happens to be the second one. Um, I think only 58% of people stop there. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. From what I heard, that's that's where they stop. And so I've been doing a lot of those. And I get, I, I, by doing those, I've been getting like a lot of PS messages of people being very thankful. So I'm like, I guess I've been doing something right. Cause nice. Doing time, the community a service. Yeah. I know your character does kind of scale down to fit more with the player itself. But like, I'm still so powerful that I, I tear through the bosses pretty quickly. And that's well, what's your feeling. what's your what's your like uh, approach to bosses? Like, well, like what buffs and debuffs do you like prep yourself for? Uh, like on bosses. Well, I've got a ninja build, and so, uh, but I've also put some points into magic, and so what I've mostly been doing is using that Surigama. And my skills are such that I do more damage on characters from behind. And the way the second boss works is that at the very beginning of it, uh, they swoop down and land and it takes a little bit for them to kind of start attacking so i use that time to like roll behind them and just start attacking and i've already knocked off like half their health by the time they actually start <laughs> doing anything um but also it's the lightning uh talisman and what that does it actually slows them down pretty much i don't know if it outright stuns them i think it may have the chance to do that but i know it slows them down uh considerably um and uh because the way the elements work is that lightning, I think, slows them down. Water lows, lowers their defense. Fire just has the chance of, like, you know, doing damage over time, as, you know, other RPGs would. You know, you get caught on fire, and then it just damage yeah. over time. Um, and then there's poison, and there's the there's this one, I, f I, f I think it's the Paralyze. It's outright, uh, it can outright... Um, stops them in their tracks because once you conflict and there's another one earth i forget what earth does but like what it does is that if you do two two elements at once it's called discord which uh is another like status effect on top of whatever else you did to that person and so it's like downright that's what i've got going for me is that my basic weapons got fire i have the talisman and so i can cause discord to these bosses to completely 
absolutely wreck them. <laughs> and so it's this great feeling to have. And um, I've been kind of doing a lot of that. Like I said, a lot of the like the basic co-op stuff. But um, I did want to mention, uh, actually, I want to kind of lead into this. Uh, besides, mm-hmm. Before we get into news, though, the first news story, which is related to Neo, uh, I've also been doing this thing where now that I'm done with Neo, I did this. I'm doing this thing where I did at the beginning of the year is that I'm going to all these PlayStation Plus games that I wanted to play and try to work on those before the next game that I want to play comes out. Um, so I've only put maybe like five minutes into uh, Invisible Ink, which I've heard great, great things about. It's a tactical I've always game. wanted to get to that game. I bet that's one of my biggest regrets is I, I, I have it, but I haven't had found the time to get to it. Yeah, it was a free game for PlayStation Plus members. So if you've been a member lately, it's it should be one of those games. Uh, but yeah, it, so far it looks really cool. It's got a really nice a nice art style to it and i'm interested in playing more of it um but that's that's kind of been it it's, it's just more neo but going awesome. into the, yes uh i still highly highly recommend it it's still an absolutely incredible game still very good very 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 good game that i think more people really do need to check it out and apparently you know going into news other people feel the same way it, yeah uh, recently cleared a million sales worldwide which that's is incredible for a new ip that's exclusive to one console exclusive to one console and also coming from koei tecmo where a lot of their yeah. games sell like in the hundreds of thousands or just the thousands like they out and, their series and you just Gust. hear reports of like amazon still being sold out of it and other retail outlets and just it's kind of crazy that i've heard that it's also had like shortages in japan too so yeah there's a weird neo craze like that like word of mouth definitely spread like wildfire i think they're giving given out things if i'm not mistaken because of the stuff that's been sold out but i i I don't know what the story behind that is but yeah and and they're really congrats to the folks congratulations to team ninja as well ninja holy crap because considering they're like they haven't really been dominated in the action game front for quite a while. You know, we're going back to like Ninja Gaiden Sigma and Ninja Gaiden <laughs> 2, whatever, like 3, I think also. Yeah, th- those games weren't so great um, compared to Ninja Gaiden Black, of course. Yeah. And you've got like Metroid Other M, all that, you know. Yeah, that Team Ninja was kind of a laughing stock for a while, for like a butt of a joke. Because <laughs> it, they lost, uh, what's his name? The former Itagaki. head. Itagaki, yeah, uh, who went on to do Devil's Third, <laughs> so yeah. he's not really doing so great himself. Um, but they apparently they still need each other. But I think this really makes them, uh, it really puts them on a new footing. Like they they set a new benchmark in my eyes about what that genre can do, and I'm excited to see how that will go. And I wonder if like from software from where they all go from here themselves but like it's yeah. also just kind of a whole interesting situation how it was like a ps3 game at some point and then obviously it must have been shelved for a bit it was supposed to be sure. a movie <laughs> that's like it was, the, they were it, talking the, about making the, a movie was, yeah this was supposed to be like a multimedia thing where yeah. the ps3 game Cross out came, game came out first and then the movie would be an adaptation of the game i believe that's how the timeline for this game works it was it was seriously literally the first ps3 game ever announced yeah I that and i forget that other game with the person with the dual guns shooting up that mansion oh. <laughs> and, oh, uh, and like yeah. eight days to vegas or whatever like all those old ass games and there was also that i forget that they announced like an online mmo whatever it was like there was like this uh fairy girl that they, they really showed up the graphics for and man I'm, i just, I'm just think it's interesting at some yeah. point they must have decided like I, like I just wonder how that happens. Where it's like, you know what, that Neo project. Let's 
let's kick that back up <laughs> you know and it's let's... it's it was weird seeing like very 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 old concept art for this game and like seeing how different that game looked i wish i had these pictures on me right now but i don't but just seeing just comparison on it how much you know over time how modern games and their where the art style went for the industry and like what's definitely catches players attentions and what you know what sort of like armor designs colors and even just like which part of an era like design aspects of an era are more uh catching people's eyes like how that influenced it absolutely it's awesome yeah and uh, if i'm not mistaken that game i was thinking it was like Elvion or something like that but yeah there's there's this crazy like this it's it's great to see like you've got all these other games that came out recently that were in development for so long but none longer than neo and to be honest, I mean, it, to be clear, it's that it was more like in concept stages and they kept throwing out the concept over and over again until right. they saw Dark Souls and or the Souls games and said, we really can get something going with this. And clearly there's direct inspiration. The creators even said as much. So uh, it's great to see that they were able to find something that really inspired them to really release this game. And so they're you know building up on the popularity of that with the announcement of the future DLC that you know clearly that was in development for quite a while but uh, what they're talking about is that they're going to be releasing 10 high difficulty missions uh that will be out sometime late march and then they're of course adding that pvp mode that they talked about pre-launch uh that'll be out sometime in late april both will be free which is great to hear i like to hear that they're adding stuff like hard mode and whatnot it's going to be free as opposed to the expansion pass whatever that zelda has so it really <laughs> goes to show that they're willing to do something nice for for the rest or of the us. final fantasy 15 booster pack which the includes a sword <laughs> and a fishing rod oh god and but oh, uh, that's what i love about you know these types of games like koei tecmo that they're willing to put out like this free content and you know it actually goes against what nintendo's been doing with like splatoon where they put out a lot of free content and and rate in levels and stuff like that so or like mario kart i think they did that as well so uh, that kind of bug, bugs me for i'm a super bit curious more. to see what the meta looks like just in the like a month or two in in the pvp i'm yeah, very interested i don't know if i'll be able to manage too well just because like i can do well with the revenants but they're all ai <laughs> so like they always are easy to pick up from afar so I know with the more aggressive people, that'll be challenging. But they also <laughs> said that the new, the, the first uh, downloadable content, the actual part of the season pass, which will, of course, be paid DLC, is called Dragon of the North, which is based on Masamune Date, basically the coolest uh, character yeah. in Samurai Warriors. Uh, Fuck you, yeah. Put your guns on. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so they're announcing things like uh, new weapon types, scenarios, characters, guardian spirits, which we knew about, yokai, I'm really, stages. I'm very surprised they're adding new weapon types. I'm super excited about that. I was thinking about like what they could add. And exactly. I was thinking, so one thing I could think of is like the, the bow staff. Seems like an easy mm. thing. But also... Um, Maybe the Tokogaki, uh, which is the claws, because <laughs> that oh, was shit. out around the time. You know, it's like Wolverine claws, you know, those types of things. Those existed in the Edo period, which is... It reminds me of uh, the Dynasty Warriors games. One of the characters used a claw, I think it's like Zhang Ki or something. Like, he used like instant death claws. So yeah, you're right. Uh, yes, that it's, it's definitely uh, definitely something that I, I can I can see them doing. Huh. And so I, I, would, I would love to see if they're able to pull that off. But... Um, 
that that's kind of all the only weapons I could think of off the top of my head. But they I, could totally yeah. How about range? or a gun? Just straight up a gun. <laughs> but they already have guns, so get was, a Gatling gun in there. You know, RPG for good measure. The, I mean, they didn't say like it, they didn't say the weapon types had to be straight up the close range. They could totally add the like the yeah. long range weapons. Maybe crossbows. Crossbows. They they can't really add a Gatling gun because that didn't exist around that. Oh, actually, me. Me, mm. I guess it kind of did, didn't it? But a very early version of that, because yeah. that kind of existed since. Portable Gatling gun on William. A portable Let's Gatling go. gun. I mean, to be honest, like Dynasty Warriors is so like distant from reality, as it were. So it's not. It's like, what? There wasn't these... magic. What are you talking about? Yeah, they didn't have like a machine gun in like a hundred AD or whatever that, that takes place. So uh, I don't think we have to worry too much about that. But yeah, the new Guardian spirits, new characters. That's I think the idea of Masamune Date, one of the coolest characters in history. Uh, I can't wait to see what they do with him and makes me do want to like invest in in the season pass just to see what that's all about but oh yeah actually um speaking of the um the apologies for the the shortages of the game they were extending the period for where you can get the armor of japan's best warrior costume in japan so that's it was like some dlc that they put out in japan that's what i was thinking of mm-hmm. uh, but yeah that the um that content the dragon of the north dlc that'll be out sometime in late april so be sure to check that out if you've been enjoying Neo. And once again, you know, I, you know, if Nier and Automata isn't really doing it for you, I think Neo is really a game people should be keeping their eye on. And even then, you know, obviously they're not very, they're not very comparable. <laughs> of course, uh, it's been <laughs> very, difficult to see Nier and yeah. Neo in the same breath because yeah. it's only, uh, what, like two letters removed. So it's kind of hard. But that's, that's something that I, I'm very excited to check out. And, and you can bet that we'll have coverage of that as it comes out. So moving on to other news, I think Square Enix kind of dominated the rest of the news uh, for this yeah, past looks like week. It. So Josh, why don't you tell us about what they have going on with the new studio that they opened up? Yeah, there's a very interesting news. They have a new RPG in the works, no platform announced or anything, yeah. but it's called Project Prelude Rune uh, by a new team uh, called Studio Istolia, and it's headed by Hideo Baba, the originally worked for Bandai Namco, worked a lot on the Tales series and whatnot. Um, he got a lot of flack uh, over Zestiria. Uh, I'm not. There, there wasn't any, you know, no details on like whether what happened on between yeah, him he, and Bandai Namco. I know that there was like a year it, ago. He, people were like, yeah. saying, like he, he's, he's, he, they were like, is he attached to Berseria? We don't see his name anywhere. So apparently, this yeah, he, he kind of like disappeared yeah. after like and all just, that. I think Baba has been there since like the early 2000s. Oh yeah, so he's been there. He's been there a while, and he's overseen like. Or he's been at least a involved lot of in plenty games. of Tales games. It's not like just Asteria, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He Probably. wasn't attached to Berseria, and people were wondering where, he was where is he? Symphonia and stuff like that. Yeah, he's been around for a while. So the the outline of this whole project, uh, the Project Prelude Rune, is it's a, a new RPG with a new fantasy uh, unfolding across the vast and land, teeming with life and Ooh, whatnot. Nice. So. Yeah, so nurtured by the earth, the many peoples of this land dare to dream, fighting for what is just, and that is their fate. Or so it's a, it's a it's a lot from what you heard about Atlas with their pro- own project Re Fantasy with their own new team and things like Studio Zero. And so a lot of this is in that same vein of it's a big recruiting campaign for that. They're still very much far off. Yeah, uh, what we still... got so far is like a couple of concept arts. There's one yeah. with like a bone dragon and some sort of elf woman. Um, the woman it's all, it's, like, it's very much like high, high, 
like high fantasy period like Steelers yeah. fantasy like the comparisons like it is the weirdest thing because you can draw a lot of comparisons between these two projects like it's almost the same thing <laughs> in a sense and, and but, also i think it's worth mentioning that hmm. like immediately the press release was like in english and they mentioned like it's meant to be like um like i forget the wording but like this project is supposed to be like for the world so it seems like you can't you can't really do anything now without it being an international deal that's, right that's kind of how like, the world works i think now. japan can't really rely on no. their market for games unless it's just like a mobile game yeah there, um, there are that actually does though is, yeah sorry there are hints that this project is going to be on consoles because yeah. in famitsu's interview with baba uh, they asked what platforms the, this will be released on, and he says he doesn't know what will be in the end, but he has he wants to stick with stationary consoles like home consoles. But you know he wants to consider other platforms that have you know a viable business chance like smartphones. But for now, yeah. this either be this has a strong hint that this will be a home console, especially if it's for the international audience. Um, you know, uh, anything could happen. Um, Baba is just basically saying that he wants to kind of express. The way like his design philosophy on games, like you know, a lot of the kindness and warmth in the setting, and you know, just having a lot of different races, a lot of different uh, landscapes, uh, kind of mixing like uh, Norse mythology uh, and whatnot into that game. So it's a it's a very curious thing. Not a lot of like hard details on it, but it's uh it's very curious, and it's I'm rooting for both Square Enix and Atlas to really pull off on this. Like just embarking on this uh, like project of their I both mean, high, high fantasy projects. Unless it's I'm crazy. unless I'm missing something, mm-hmm. the last the last couple of games that Atlas has done, um, that's been like a brand new thing. Um, they had uh, Radiant Historia, which is great. Fucking great! Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, Yoko Shimomura, and the new art the for their for their re-fantasy game kind of reminds me of that. I mean, it's just a little bit of artwork, but and it might not be similar at all. Um, but like, so Atlas has had some success because that game was great, and it's like not attached to any other any one of their properties. Um, I guess they also had like Catherine, but that's kind of like sort of off persona. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Kind of like more, more like an engine test as well. <laughs> they should do it. They should definitely do it more often for sure. That's what we're also. I just think it's great. Like I think I think I was actually in a discussion the other day. Like, what's the last game Square Enix made that wasn't a tied to an existing IP? And I think it's the Last Remnant, and that came out like seven years ago. Oh, who cares about the Last Remnant, though? I'm, I'm just serious. saying. All wow. I'm saying is like <laughs> new IP something they haven't done in a while. Of I course, guess they had yeah. like they had a uh, Project Setsuna. What about um, Bravely Default? Well, now we're getting to like is, is it a Square Enix Project Studio Octopath? Kind? Octopath? <laughs> Octopath? Excuse me. Octofast. Anyways, got to go Octofast. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this is cool. Project Prelude Rune. Don't have any platforms yet. Still very, very early in development. So yeah. maybe we'll hear about it in two to three years. Absolutely. Just like with the Alice project that's coming up yep. for sure. So other than that, they also... They'll, they'll, they'll pop up Sorry. both at the same time, same release dates. Boom. Um, that and the Grand Blue Fantasy Project Re. Oh, right. Was. Yeah, that'll be, be like... out at the same time too. That was supposed to be like, Go what, 20... They, they actually did put out like a date for it, didn't they? They, they said they said 2018 is their slated year. That was TGS. They announced that, right? Yeah. yeah I remember us not, not caring about it because we said 2018. <laughs> We're like, oh, okay. It. Yeah, it's, it, it looks cool, but man, I, I haven't but, but, we, great... but we all know that like the footage they showed was like 
that's very much target render, not representative of the final game. Yeah, because I, I mean, I saw the anime and that was like, oof. So, all right. So, other than that, Square Enix also talked about Star Ocean. Adam, what, what did they show? Yeah. About so, that? Uh, well, first of all, like last year, or maybe a little bit more than a year ago, they released Star Ocean Two on PlayStation Four in Japan. It was just kind of like an upresed version of the PSP game, um, which I, I thought it was kind of like you know almost guaranteed to get localized because Wait, that's weird that's weird is, that, is it like a ps1 classic on the ps4 no, it, i think it's a little bit different it's not like a ps1 classic and it's not like sony's ps2 on ps4 thing it's just square enix has their own hey we're gonna upscale this and we're going to put it on ps4 so you can it's not like a physical release or anything you can just download it, it has trophies all that it's basically the same game just with you know a couple of improvements um, but anyways, they basically announced that also Star Ocean 3 is going to get a similar treatment. Obviously, it's a that's more of a 3D game where yeah. it's going to be available on PlayStation 4 in Japan. It's going to be up-res to 1080p. They do say they're going to have some new like lighting and aliasing as well, so it won't just be a straight port uh, or straight upscale. Kind of what you but expect, it, yeah. And the, I mean, well, yeah, what, what all can you expect? But it's not like a remaster. It's not like... It's definitely more basic than that. It's it's but like it, I'm sorry, to cut you off. It's just like it's like Square Enix is not willing to do Sony's PS2 on PS4 thing. It's that they're willing to do like the Final Fantasy VII deal, where it's like they'll yeah. they'll do it on their own terms. Yeah, so they like upscale it and put it themselves, and they'll yeah. support trophies and mm. share play and all the other normal PS4 things. <laughs> I um, just want I it would have been so good though if they did this at like PSX or E3 where they did the exact same thing with Final Fantasy VII before that we knew that there was going to be a remake where they were going to announce they showed like a trailer for Star Ocean Three and like all right it's coming to PS4 as a remaster <laughs> like fuck <laughs> I, I just think it's so weird, weird that we like Gosh. haven't heard anything about getting this in English Star Ocean 2 which has been out a while yeah because it, it's, it's got like a full translation it's even fully dubbed it's but like that takes I, work so I don't know yeah because like just, Andrea was weird. even saying she was she was like um, very close to just buying the Japanese version and still hoping that yeah that'll be I wonder thing. how like hmm, what's the status of Star Ocean uh, Western fan base these days after Five. I haven't played well, it. It's not even <laughs> that long, but I would say that the fact that we still haven't heard about them localizing the mobile game kind of says something. So, oh yeah, I have that uh, download. I just haven't like booted it up yet. I'm thinking about it, but I, I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything about it, so I don't know what the actual. I I, I know response. like several people were playing it, but like they don't. They're just kind of just playing it not really saying anything about it or like yeah play well, it. was it star ocean anomia i'm not this something i know that they were trying to do the whole console experience in a mobile game which that always works out just fine but i'll have to yeah. have to let I'll us think know about what it. that is but yeah that's star ocean i'll, I'll start the icon and think about it i, have, I haven't played star ocean 5 but like the other games like two has the best story Three and four have like pretty decent combat systems. I, I would say three yeah. four. I, I'd rather much have three than four. I would say <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say this because I saw the response to it. I think Star Ocean Three is underrated because <laughs> yeah, uh, people I'll, like they oh, it's just it got a good soundtrack. I actually generally like Star Ocean Three. I have me too. I have. A I really just think I haven't system. played five yet, so that's the caveat. But I don't think any Star Ocean game is like really had like the full package. Like some of them, um, like two, I think no, two is the. Two is so good. I will say that. Two is good, but I do think its gameplay is a little... I mean, I I haven't really played it since it came out, so maybe I've just got... Two has some really... I actually played replayed Two somewhat recently, and there's some really, like, crazy things you can do with, like, the different 
uh, I forget what they call them, like character skills you can do. Like, yeah, and the crafting is also pretty like, good too. Like if someone has like a high instrument skill, you can play a you can play like a music track, and while the music is playing, like it plays for like forty seconds or something, then you go to like a crafting skill, and then you if you have like certain components, yes, do you, you remember can craft an item? And if the song is playing, you can craft like a rare item, and then if you have that rare item, then you can use another skill using that item, and then you can like forge like a crazy equipment like way before. Is, isn't that how you like summon like Gabriel Celeste or the Ethereal Queen yes. or something like that? Dude? Gabriel Celeste is and like that dungeon is somehow tied into those systems. There's some really no, like I, I, if I remember right, you literally like craft like a, a harp or something yeah. that when you play it, summons the hardest boss in the game. To yeah. I, I there's just, some really, yeah. there's, there's, there's even like, uh, like a way like as soon as you get some of these certain skills, you can basically break the game and give yourself infinite money. Oh, um, that yeah, that definitely. I remember <laughs> that whole even at, at that time they were talking about that whole experience back in like the nineties. Well, that's that's actually one thing I do like about Star Ocean games. Three and four had it to a similar extent. It's like they're so flexible in a way that yes you can kind of if you know what you're doing break the game but it's just kind of three was so close to being the full package until they mentioned the words 4d and then i'm like oh i just i just remember the fact that till the end of time (laughs) it became a running joke because it was delayed so much that people are like yeah it's gonna be out sometime at the end of time that's that's i the and the most the best experience i had with star trek 2 is the fact that like it's kind of like that tails thing where it's that they yell out their skills as they do them, and so you can just mash the buttons like tear, 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 tear into pieces, tear, tear, tear into pieces. <laughs> it was, just, it was always the, the way that they kept saying it over and over. It was like the corniest. Uh, shit. I, I really, yeah, I really liked that in uh, Starship Three with uh, Cliff. Yeah. I think his the, the skill name was like Fists of Might or something. So you just kept spamming. It's like Fists of Might. He says like most like meathead like tone to it. Fists of Might. Yeah, <laughs> really good. But like, if you if you're gonna have that, if it's gonna be like a Japanese RPG. They better shout out their skills because I think that's the best. Part. Yeah, you might you might as well do it as hammy as possible because there's yeah, no way it's you a can do this. Very serious moment, and then they just have to shout out like <laughs> I just like hear Cloud say Omni Slash. I can't I can't wait to hear that. Oh my god! If FF Seven Remake has them like shouting their skill names, I'm gonna uh, it's be really good. It's so bad. It's so bad, but it's so good at the same time. Like the, you're, like the corniest thing, because that's how they used to do it. Like you watch like an old Tales of Fantasia commercial, and they they were talking about like like this new audio chip, that, and they showed it off by having them yell out their spells in the middle of yes. combat. Tidal yes. wave. <laughs> the corniest shit. Just hearing their voices, and that's not what they're supposed to sound. But that's like '95. Oh, such a good time. But that's Star Ocean uh, three. You think that they're they're moving in to do like, I guess Star Ocean four for the PS four might not be too far behind, right? Does anyone want that? Does anyone want that? Uh, there are definitely people Star Ocean four is a okay game if yeah. you like literally skip every single cutscene because luckily uh, it comes <laughs> with a it comes with a cutscene skip thing where it even gives you a, a summary of what happened so you're not like totally lost in terms of like oh I'm supposed to head back to this uh, place. I'll buy it. I'll buy Star Ocean four on PS four so I can actually finally play that game. Bunch of doll girls. I heard my but Adam. It's so creepy. My brother looking. Adam. Star Ocean four has the worst cast. I, I just I just look at the cutscenes on fucking YouTube from time to time. I'm like, I remember I'm still my <laughs> I remember my brother telling me that the Adam uh, who also works for the site said that like the final boss battle took him like 90 minutes to defeat Whoa. the person because it's that long and tedious. So that's something to look forward to, Josh, when you want to play it eventually. I guess so. Yay! <laughs> Yay! And moving in, so moving into the final news of the week. Um, Brian, what you talk about a little bit about some Dragon Quest? Speaking of long-running series, 
Well, basically, the news is that Dragon Quest Heroes 2 is going to be launched on Steam the same day as the PlayStation 4 release date. Now, someone uh, add to my knowledge pool here. Dragon Quest Heroes 1 is also on Steam, so 2 yes. being there is not surprising. But no. did 1 arrive on the no, same it came in later. See, the, Square, the Square Enix norm. What Square Enix normally does for PC releases is they release the game on PlayStation Four or <laughs> sometimes PlayStation Three if it's an older game, and then like the P- the PC release like kind of inevitably shows up later. Now Dragon Quest so, Heroes. So is that where we're at on? Is that where we're at on near? It'll yeah. So that's yeah. the thing. Like, <laughs> well, Dragon Quest Heroes One, like it's a Koei Tecmo game, really, and those games are showing off on Steam. So on that front, it wasn't surprising. But it is the only Dragon Quest game on Steam, so it wasn't like. A, a given um but because of that we knew this game would get on steam eventually but the, so the fact that it is day and date with the ps4 version is nice yeah yeah that's surprising and then, so. then near is kind of this weird situation where it's like they announced it beforehand which they don't do that often that the pc game or version and then they kind of like act like they never did announce it <laughs> what if i could do a conspiracy theory for a moment and say that maybe they're planning on bundling it with the original near for steam <laughs> <laughs> That's people are really open for that. They did say based on on the success of Automata that they'll consider a near HD release, but that would be okay. I would be like, okay, so if let me know if the, if near if near gets on Steam, you better say that if that does fucking bonanzas and sales, you fucking put Dragon Guard one, maybe two and three on Steam, and then. What I really want, right. if we're going to go that route, I'd, I'd also kind of hope that they do the extra work and put the original near with the younger oh, main uh, character. Replicant. Yeah. yeah, Replicant, not Gestalt, but Replicant, which is the one we did not get in the West. Uh, that would be pretty cool to see, because all we got with the original is that, hey, you want to try out this DLC, which is like a challenge room? That's about all we got. Oh, so, oh yeah. 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 People forget about that, that, yeah. that near. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, if... I do think just a skin. That's all I, I do think story reasons the younger Nier being like a sibling rather than the father to Yona kind of actually makes more sense in a way. It uh, it the, like replicant. It's largely the same, but the way they uh, portray the characters is a bit more different because he is the, the like uh, older brother. Like uh, once you do the the time skip part in Nier, like you see a lot of the that development pay off in the way that characters treat him as a way more different than how they receive uh, older dad near. I think I, I highly prefer Gasalt to Replicant, to be honest, yeah, the, the, it's yeah, a cooler it dynamic. Has, you don't see that yeah, much. Yeah, it definitely has a more unique dynamic, yeah. uh, relatively speaking. But in terms of, like, universe in lore thing, people tend to uh, consider Replicant the replicant version a bit more in line in spirit with yeah it's hard how, to explain together. I, I just think it's, like it, the thing, i think i'm oh, sorry i think papanir worked really well and it's yes. it's not it, it still is like very it's still very, very good because yeah. he's a badass but there are just, like there are just places own. in the game where it's kind of like i bet this would make more sense if this was like younger like brother near instead so. I, I just, like it, just... like especially like the the older brother near post time skip uh, like his relationship with Kaine is that that's one of the most different yeah. relationship between Kaine and Papa near it's, it's not like I'm not saying it's like <laughs> not like this is unacceptable it's just a little bit more it's, you know, it's hey, nothing wrong with liking sense. the older gentleman you know that's you know people have their own <laughs> taste so that's okay but yeah I I, I just thought it. Uh, it was something completely different from a Japanese yeah, RPG. It's still a much awesome. more capable person being able to take on all the weight of the world, basically, to keep civilization existing. So I just thought it was a cool thing. I knew mm-hmm. that there was obviously a lot of backlash then, and I'm sure there will be again if they do decide to release a remaster. But 
man it was it was just a cool thing i think he people like to like make fun of his design i think he looks cool maybe it's just me i not i don't really get that feeling from a lot of other games with i, I, I like his gruffness I yeah like his kind the, of like the gruff character gruff. in a group of like young people doesn't always work for me especially like in the tales games like i don't get that like the desire for like the older gentleman Travis, get the fuck out of here like 50 years old dude yeah, hey, yeah one, of the like best characters, he... <laughs> one of the best characters in zilia is the old grandpa <laughs> i do it was a grandia 3 where the mother comes along or something like that yeah that was so cool that could be pretty cool too I she was the best character in grandia 3 for me <laughs> she like... wasn't around that long unfortunately but yeah, i know she wasn't around that long but she was just kind of i think i mentioned this earlier but like the the token old character in tales of eternia is like purposely like an idiot <laughs> it's kind of funny he's like yeah. a moron just like it's kind of like Final Fantasy V as well. They they go they like to, they like to bring around the old character. Like come along, join us. And like Final Fantasy VI even had that. I, I forget his name, but the old guy with the artist. But anyway, like, I I just kind of want to see Dragon Guard Three on Steam for the sheer fact that I wonder if I'll like the game better if it actually ran like at a consistent frame rate. That's, that's a good point. Like because obviously a lot the problem with a lot of those games is the is the performance and near also like, had that usually frame rate like frame like frame rate problems never really detract from me so dragon guard 3 was pretty severe to the point that i was like this is uh. so, as <laughs> someone who hasn't first of all i like how we tangented from dragon quest back to near can't, uh, can't help it but but as someone who hasn't played the series like dragon guard 3 is not that old it's like four years old yeah, no, like, yeah, it's 2012. Yep. Oh, yeah, okay. but oh, like okay. wow. that that seemed to kind of come and go without a lot of fanfare. But yeah, then Nier yeah, comes yeah. and it's on everyone's list. The Dragon Guard series is Dragon Guard Three is yeah. Dragon Guard series is well. It wasn't where we see. Yeah, it's, it's, it's well, like, I'll be frank here. Dragon Guard games are frankly shit, and yeah, the only reason like people like them are the story and the music. People don't come to them for the gameplay. It was so Dragon Guard One is a very bad game. Well, <laughs> it's one and two are like our sweet old bad like. Dynasty Warriors games. The only cool thing about Dragon Guard One is that the guy had a tattoo on his tongue. That's about the only cool thing. You can I remember see about that game, but... we we don't really do these much often anymore. But Liz did a retro review for Dragon Guard on our site and gave it like a three out of ten. And it was totally <laughs> like, I don't blame her. Totally, because I went and played that game around the time it came out, and it was just. It was a real chore to play. The only interesting bits is maybe like when you're on the dragon, but then at sometimes you're forced to jump off that dragon, and it yep. just it's. It was such a bad game, and three of the problem with the boss fights. So it's it's kind of hard to say. Uh, like Dragon Guard three later parts of that game get really bad. So I yeah I would like to see it, really but at the same up, time, like I hope we don't have to see another Dragon Guard game anytime soon because it's. I it's, mean, it's, unless you had like a better like combat studio for it. I, I actually like Dragon the Dragon Guard games any for anything but their gameplay. Like if they can actually get someone to like nail the gameplay, if they ever like revisit Dragon Guard somehow. Um, I'd be interested to see that, but you have to give me the assurance that it's not any of the battle or combat designers as the previous three. Well, so to bring it back to Dragon Quest Heroes, then the, my concern with Neo Automata is that maybe the PC version won't perform that well. But from what I heard, Dragon Quest Heroes One on the PC actually was a pretty good port. I don't know if you, any of you guys played that one. I didn't uh, get to play it, but they, yeah, I heard. I, uh, it, but I, I didn't haven't. hear any problems. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I heard it was a pretty decent that. one. But uh, of course, with Dragon Quest Heroes Two, is that not only is that they're releasing on the same day, but just like the first game, they'll have a day one Explorers Edition. I, Brian, did you see what the the DLC that they'll have would be? Uh, I, it, I'm not. I it's basically, know. from what I understand, it's like there's. It. Basically, a, a special weapon for each of the game's characters. Oh, just like the okay, get. like the slime edition, or whatever it was, right? 
Yeah, yeah it doesn't seem too significant. It's like, like each character gets like a special things. DLC weapon, and that's it. Which is, you know, fine, <laughs> I guess. That's uh, releasing both like on April 25th, I believe. Yeah, uh, 25th. One of, the, one of the few yeah. April releases besides we talked about this last time, like Pure Pure Tetris and Mario Kart 8. Yeah. That's but so are we getting just the PS4 version or is it the PS3 Vita's or just well, PS4? I think we're only getting PS4. Yeah. We're not getting the PS Vita version. Or was it even? Did it come out on PS3 in Japan? It did. Yeah. 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 It definitely did. That was still got some of those PS3 things lingering around. Yeah, we talked about that before too. Yeah. That's... Oh yeah, and then. Did they ever confirm Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2 bundle from the Switch here, or was it only in Japan? It was on Amazon, but it wasn't confirmed. So oh, okay. That's, that's still like a, a kind of out there. It's such a weird thing, but never before has Amazon Studios won, so I'm not really concerned about that. Like The only thing you get is like random European retailers with like the Mass Effect HD. If I remember correctly, Amazon France is known for just making shit up, but Amazon, like, .de for Germany is yeah. usually correct, or, I guess. It's yeah. really funny. <laughs> they they tend to nail it all the time. And then we have get, like, Canada sometimes with, like, they're the ones that leaked G- Digimon. Uh, oh, yeah, the Cyber Sleuth. Yeah, Cyber Sleuth. That was right before, e- like, during E3, in fact, and I had to talk to well, them. Anime Expo. Was, was that E3 or AX? I think it was Anime Expo. They were annou- it was announced there, but it actually was on the Amazon Canada side. Oh, right, yeah. Because I was at yeah. the Bandai Namco booth, and I had to ask a representative about that, a PR person, like, hey, can you comment on this at all? <laughs> Shifty eyes. Yeah, <laughs> like, wait, don't worry, wait, like, two weeks <laughs> or something. <laughs> he didn't say that, but I'm sure that's what he was thinking. So, but that's that's it for the weekend news um it's kind of crazy to think that this coming friday is the launch of the nintendo switch and with that we've got zelda uh, alex have... has already got uh both of them like a switch and a zelda already so he'll be playing yep. that off something for you guys listening on our site rpgsite.net we can also check out all kinds of content I need to pull up the site and see if we've got anything more recent because I know we've got the well, uh, Mass Effect Aaron Andromeda hands on. Aaron finally posted a Tales of Berseria review. Yeah, Tales so of Berseria review. So if you play through that, you can see what she thought and see what you, you know what you agree yeah. on or not. And we've, well, of course, we've got uh, newcomer Natalie. She's got Natalie Flores. You guys can check out her very, very good review of Horizon Zero Dawn. That it's very uh, well written. Very yeah. well written, of course, but also the fact that it's been highly received, uh, which is yeah. Uh, pretty surprising people love it psx i wasn't so sure about it but it seems like they really pulled through and delivered something incredible but yeah then yeah alex has got his mass effect andromeda hands-on which with also a video that you guys really should watch um so that's that's season of games season of games and then yeah it's you know all kinds of different news you can check out on the site but we'll have that we'll have a that coming up. I can't think of anything else that's coming out. We've got, of course, Torment, as as Brian mentioned before. We'll have a Story of Seasons review. Trio of Talents is out on the 3DS also on the 28th. Um, and Horizons are out on the 28th as well, but like I said, we just got a review for that. So besides following us on RPGSite.net, you can also check us out on Twitter at RPGSite. You can follow us on Facebook.com slash RPGSiteNet. You can also check us on YouTube.com slash RPGSiteNet. Continue to have our playthroughs of Akira Chronicles 3 and Panzer Dragoon Saga. Josh, do you could plan on continuing streaming Berseria? Are you done with that? I, I do, but I, I've been Near first. so busy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> kind, of, kind of busy. As you said, you got that in Super Robot Wars. So people, you know, be patient. We'll have more content for Berseria. There's Play also through. Zelda as well that I'm helping uh, Alex and Andrea on uh, out as well. <laughs> Zelda? Oh, you're talking about, mm-hmm. oh, guide content, right? That's... Oh. Yep. 
Okay. Yeah. Just trying to, trying to understand about. what else you were referring to. So yeah, that's that'll be um, coming up as well. You can also check us on iTunes. Subscribe to us there. Uh, just search for TetraCast. Um, I don't know. Let me check real quick to find out because I think we're having some issues with the um, the Google side of things. I don't know if that's been fixed yet. No, it's not been fixed. Well, we're still working on it. So for people who listen to this on Android, otherwise you can just download it from our site every time we post these news about the podcast. You can just download us from there if you want. Uh, you can also, of course, our permanent link at Discord. You can find us on discord.me slash RPG site. Join us there. We've got our newly launched uh spoiler channel for Nier Automata for people who are currently playing it want to listen and talk with other people about that game uh, without fear of alienating everyone else who's still eagerly awaiting the release of that game on the 7th of March or the 10th and finally as always we'd like to share our Twitter handles so Josh fire away uh, you can follow me at HDKirin H-D-K-I-R-I-N for Nier Super Robot Wars and Gundam that and nothing else apparently and then Adam, they can find us. <laughs> where, they can, where, where can they follow you? Uh, King Seda, which is K-I-N-G underscore S-E-D-A. Great. And Brian? It's Zeo Massacre. Z-E-O-M-A-S-S-I-C-O-T. Well, the S it's is spelled solid, just... is that it? I no, didn't even recognize that. It's the S is Massacot. Massacot. I'm sorry. Your video is Massacot. I thought it was like Macot for some... I'm... Sorry, it's been a long a day. A massacre is a type of like ore mineral, right? It's yeah, it's the lead oxide. You both should uh, know. You both are like the most the smartest people I know. You would know that thing. Uh, I just got you fooled. Oh damn! You could tell, tell me anything, and I'd, I'd be willing to believe you. See, you're trying to get a job in California. Your pay is probably going to be ten times what I get paid right now. So, if you're if you're not smart, you're very crafty, is what I'll say. And finally, you can find me. Yeah. I'll take that. That's how I got this far. <laughs> Scrap your way through life the way it were. Um, <laughs> fall your way from Atlanta to New Mexico to finally California. Uh, actually, starting in Iowa, so we come from the same state. So it'll be making me feel worse about it. Finally, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach Reese. So that's it for this February 25th edition of the TetraCast. February 25th, 2017, I should say. Uh, thank you all. Thank you, Josh, Adam, and Brian, for being a part of this podcast. Thank you, everyone else, for listening to this edition of the TatcherCast. And catch us next week for a new episode. Bye, everyone. Next week for the Switch. For the Switch. Switch to a new world of gaming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No one will be. Okay, like, done that. They'll live Perfect. The, Perfect. Nothing will be the same because we'll be switching to mm-hmm. gameplay. You, you, you got to stop. Podcast Cut, over the, yet. Cut the feed. Are, are we, are we ended? Bye, guys. <laughs> Perfect ending. Perfect. We did it. We did it. Did it. Nailed it. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) Bye, everyone.